He didn't invent the quarterback. How are you doing? <laughs> but he did invent quarterback tears. Here's our NFL insider, Mike Sando of The Athletic, on the program. Fourth quarter of the program begins right now. Finishing strong here on a Thursday, as we like to do. It's with a tear in our eye that uh, we welcome Mike Sando to the festivities, as it is our last weekly chat with Mike Sando. Mike Sando's appearance brought to you by our friends at Twin Peaks, TwinPeaksRestaurant.com to find them online. Independence, Olathe, and in the Northland with a made-from-scratch menu, 29-degree draft pier, TVs everywhere, the most scenic views. Where else would you go to watch your college basketball? Uh, where else would you go to watch NBA basketball? Where else would you go for happy hour? Best happy hour in town. It's a Twin Peaks eats, drinks, scenic views. Find them online right now at TwinPeaksRestaurant.com. That's TwinPeaksRestaurant.com. Uh, you can uh, meet some buddies there. Uh, they got the uh, UEFA Champions League uh, going on. Uh, they got all kinds of uh, great games for you to watch. And of course, all the uh, all the best beverages. Premium cocktails served over ice balls. Curtis, you know all about that. Oh, yeah. Uh, let's welcome uh, Mike Sando to the festivities. Mike, how are you, sir? Doing well. How are you? Glad to be here. Uh, glad, glad to have you. And let's start with the uh, sobering news that we dealt with for four hours yesterday as the uh, shooting at the Chiefs parade happened uh, just before we were on the air. And we spent four hours uh, covering all the details of it. Um, uh, you know, what, what's your reaction uh, to it? And, and you know, from a national perspective outside, we're pretty close to it. Uh, we've got people here on the station that knew the victim, um, you know, the, the victim that tragically died. Uh, it's it's pretty close to us. What, what, what's the view from uh, there on yeah, a national level? Well, just cringe because this type of thing could happen in so many opportunities like this. You know, you, you hate to even think about it, but none of us are shocked that this sort of a thing happens now. So um, it's just tragic. It's terrible. And uh, I guess we do we know all the information yet of what no. transpired and what's going on? I mean, that, that probably helps us, uh, you know, at least try to make sense of what happened. Right. Uh, but the result is the same for that person, that family, and the people that were terrorized by, you know, I don't know if it helps them, but no. it maybe helps the rest of us kind of uh, make sense of it and determine are there different safeguards that need to happen or, you know, do are we going to have parades at the stadium now where you go through a security-type protocol like you do already to go to the game and have it a little bit more organized? I've always loved the idea that we share this with the whole public. You don't need a ticket to get in, right? right. I mean, it's just what you do uh, after you win it all. But, shoot, if you're a player, do you feel safe out there like this? No, no. I, I don't know. No, it's it is it's 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 very scary and and uh, since you brought it up, what we do know today is that uh, all of the children that were being treated at Children's Mercy have been released, except for three. Three are still in the hospital, but they expect all of them to make a full recovery. The count of people injured by gunfire is up to twenty three, and one of the three suspects that were apprehended has been released. They've determined the one that was, I believe, uh, picked up later in the uh, Crown Center garage has been determined to have nothing to do with it. 
it, and we had the uh, police chief say that uh, it appears to be uh, not an act of, like, firing out into the crowd, but a dispute and, uh, you know, people being caught in crossfire. So that's the latest on what we know. Well, was that and, a big and, gun, though? Didn't the person have it? Didn't we see video? It was a really big gun, right? It wasn't yeah. like the stage of someone without a, a forty five. Right. And, and I I don't know anything about guns. Um and so this is going to listen. People who do, you know, military people, I'm not an expert they may laugh at this. That gun looked like a toy to me. Like the clip didn't look real, but I don't know what it really looks like. I haven't no, I seen no a gun up close. They are not commenting, and I'm not sure why, but I'm sure they have their reasons. I'm not complaining about this, but they've been asked point blank in a number of the press conferences how many guns and what kind. And as of right now, they're not answering that question. So, um, yeah, maybe yeah we need more information. Yes, but, yeah, we need more information. I think. All these things are a little bit case by case, but I don't know if I was director of security or something for the Chiefs or one of these teams. I mean, you know, we got to talk about it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, we're talking to Mike Sando from the Athletic as we uh, uh, will keep you up to date with anything and everything. Uh, any news we get, uh, we will give it to you. But trying to start putting the pieces back together and uh, you know, at least giving you a distraction uh, here with uh, just some regular old plain old sports talk i uh, hear we'll talk a little bit about the uh, game here uh with mike uh what was your uh biggest takeaway from the chiefs winning is there is there some theme that's going to carry forward something that teams are going to you know try to copy so it's a copycat league well what's the yeah. theme that's going to come away from the chiefs that teams are going to try to copycat I don't. I don't think there's a copycat to do. You know. Oh yeah, draft. Have a bunch of good draft picks on defense, and then have a, the best quarterback. Right. I mean, that's what everybody tries to do already, and you can't do it. If it was that easy, everyone would do it. There aren't enough of those players and people to go around. So uh, that's not it. I, I, my takeaway was that uh, for for so much of the game, all of those concerns the Chiefs had during the regular season were kind of on display. It yeah. felt like they were going to lose the game, a lot of the game, and. So in the end of, end of it, they win it, which is amazing. But that sent me to really look at, um, you know, you'd asked me before, hey, what's the dynasty, this and that. But I looked at all of the teams in Chiefs history, and you can rank them by point differential adjusted for uh, schedule strength on pro football reference. This was the 28th best team in franchise history. Last year's was the 19th. Okay, the one that won it before was the sixth best. That's what you'd expect. That's the type of team you normally think wins the Super Bowl, right? One of the best teams in the history of the, of the team, of the franchise. So to get these two is a real testament to, obviously, Mahomes. I mean, he's a huge ability to win any game. Um, and then this year, certainly the defense. But their ability to kind of focus and pull it together and be better than that um, was a takeaway. And then, hey... Your ability to do this, to win without your best teams, these are not the two best Chiefs teams, really is how you become a dynasty. Because the Chiefs will be better than this. Yeah, I, They'll win with that's better a great point. Teams. You know, they, they are doing the opposite of what so many other teams do. So many other teams have their best team and don't win it. The 07 Patriots. Or... You know, this 49ers team, one of their best teams. Or you go back almost 10 years, they lost, the 49ers lost at home to the Giants. They were the better team by far. They had a great team. They never got there. So when you're having found money championships, it's the opposite of the squandered opportunity championships, right? Yeah. And it's how you stack them. It's how you stack them. Because they're going to 
they're going to have better teams than this. These are transitional years almost yesterday, last year and this year in some ways. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And, you know, this one, we, we've compared it to the Patriots 2018 uh, Super Bowl. That wasn't their vintage edition, right? I think you're right. And, and maybe this is the payback for the 2020 Chiefs, who were the number one seed with a bullet, with the best record in football. And, yeah. and then injuries piled up. But it, it speaks to just be good enough to win it lots of times, and eventually it all lines up and you kick the door down. Let me try this uh, as one to uh, take away. Be super young on defense. Right, The Chiefs are going to have to make some decisions on Chris Jones and Legereus Sneed moving forward, who will be 30 and 28 next year, respectively. But they did this with the youngest defense. Like I think that, to me, was the reminder. And they had some key players, but the, the really the only really expensive defensive players were Chris Jones but, but on their position and Justin Reed at safety. Everybody else is really cost effective like that's that to me is something that i think teams might look at and say well signing a 30 year old defensive guy for a bunch of money i don't know that that makes us better on defense yeah but but it does if your quarterback's not making any money like the 49ers i mean this is a this is not this didn't just happen for the chiefs they realized they're paying patrick mahomes 50 million dollars a year so they don't have the luxury of some of the other teams if you are paying your quarterback uh, $2 million a year, I think you're in much better position to pick up a 30-year-old guy because where are you going to spend your money, right? Oh, I, I do get that. But I think the idea of keeping guys at, and like the, the 49ers are a great point. But I think teams that go ahead and sign, you know, defensive play, like, like I'm not sure re-signing Aaron Donald because he started to miss games. You know, I, I think we might see that yeah. what's happening to the running backs Starts to happen to everybody outside of uh, maybe tight end because Travis Kelsey's still playing. Certainly not quarterbacks; they play to an old level. Kickers, you know, maybe maybe offensive linemen uh, seem to be able to play at a high level into their thirties. But I don't know that we're not going to see a lot more of the positions oh, yeah. start looking like running backs. Well, the league has yeah the 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 league has gotten a little younger at some of these. The league's gotten younger in general. I mean that that sort of happened in two thousand eleven when they made it cheaper to have young guys, really, as the rookie wage scale and all of that. So, um, you know, yes, I think there is a, there's an overall trend towards youth at all levels of the NFL coaching as well. So, yeah. Yeah, I think that I, I think that will be one of the things. That, that's what I would take it away if I was somebody else. And that's what i take away if I'm Brett Beach. I, do we want to pile a bunch of money into Chris Jones, who stood up at the parade and said, I'll be back, I'm coming back next year and the year after? Uh, do you really want to put that money into Chris Jones and into Legereus Sneed. Now, you can backload it, but would you be better off saying, eh, maybe we'll franchise Sneed and trade him if we can, or same thing with Chris Jones, uh, or take the third-round picks that they would bring and walk away and let's go after a wideout and make this offense better? Because as good as the defense was, yeah. they just barely won a bunch of the games that they needed to win to get there. Uh, I, I would feel more comfortable if the defense took a step back and the offense took a step forward. So do you think they would have won this game without Chris Jones? No, but I'm not I'm not saying take away Chris Jones and don't do anything. I'm saying take away Chris Jones and improve yeah. on offense. Let's think about it this way. Let's say if they didn't have him but they had C D Lamb. <laughs> right? I mean maybe then they win the game thirty eight to win the game a different way. So uh, to me, the secret to all of this is just to have as many really good players as yep. you can get. And they have drafted some, and they happen to be young. They hit them on the draft, and that's how they were able to win the championship uh, with the roster configured the way that it was. So if you can do that, 
everybody should try to do that. It's just hard to do. People don't draft the right guys, or they have turnover, or they change their scheme, or, or whatever. But they totally got it right with their draft picks. Trent McDuffie right at the top. So uh, that's what allowed them to do it. Now going forward, yeah, you don't want to get into a bad contract with Chris Jones and pay for him, at, let's say, after his prime, whenever that's going to end. You don't want to do a dumb deal, but uh, man, man, he really made a huge impact in the game on the critical downs. He did. Um... I don't want that. I don't want to. I don't want to get rid of him and then sign another veteran receiver who has the same issues that they had at receiver this year, right? You can sign two guys for ten million bucks a year, and they're not good. Right, that's a, that. Yeah, that is a great point. Um, you know, you want you got to get quality. Twenty million in Chris. You twenty million in Chris Jones. You got a Hall of Famer. But I think Chris Jones is asking so for 32, 33, 34 million. Are you willing to go there? It's tough. Yeah. That gets hard. I think most people kind of settled on, well, Chris Jones is probably not going to be back until he said that at the parade. Um, and and But LeJarrius Sneed, oh, we can keep Sneed. That's where more Kansas City people, I think, have, have settled. Yeah, maybe Pat Mahomes can have a discussion with him. If the money is, you know, it's easier for Mahomes to break because he's making so much money. But, you know, to talk about structuring and this sort of a thing, it's harder at that D-line position because he's not going to be there as long. He's got to get his money, right? He's not going to sign an eight-year deal and then play all eight years. <laughs> he's got to maximize it. But you would sure love it from a team standpoint if he, hey, you know, yeah, I'll take one for the team. It's just tough to do as a player, right? Because you, mm-hmm. you just can't. You don't have a long enough window. Uh, tell me, uh, what was your reaction to seeing Travis Kelsey uh, bump Andy Reid? Well, I totally agree with, uh, you know, that he crossed the line sort of a thing. And I, I, I understand why people say, well, if that was so-and-so. But guess what? On the Chiefs, the coach and quarterback and tight end are business partners, right? They're all State Farm representatives. Right? There's an equality of these guys that you don't see on other teams. Interesting. And so when you say this, the downside of this to me during the year, I didn't really write about it because I didn't, I think these guys got it together. But all this, the coach on the same level as the player in the, in the commercials and all of that, I always thought for some people who can't handle that, there could be a downside to that, right? You wouldn't necessarily think that would be a good idea if Sean Payton did that with Russell Wilson, right? Sean Payton did the opposite of that to try to sort of take control of the situation, right? Andy Reid felt like with his team, he can kind of do that. But I think that would not have happened if they didn't have that sort of uh, equality that's almost to that level, right? And so, yeah, if it was somebody else, all hell might have broke loose, but not with this player. Uh, I think the rules are different. A funny story, when Jimmy Johnson was coach of the Cowboys, he once cut a guy for falling asleep in a meeting, okay? But guess what? They were going to cut the guy anyway. It was just to prove a point. If Troy Aikman fell asleep in the meeting, they weren't going to cut him, right? So the fact that it's Travis Kelsey and he's on commercials with Andy Reid is a factor in this thing. Just flat out is. Yeah. And you could say that's a risk you take. But guess what? Travis Kelsey, with the game on the line, catches the key passes. And he, he sort of backed off of this thing, too. So I do think it is a... Not a sort of a thing where the rules apply to everybody the same at all. I think this would be a big problem if it was someone else. Yeah, that, that is a great point. And, and for people who don't know, Travis Kelsey went on his podcast and said, I crossed the line, I'm wrong, I can't do this. Uh, does the league or the team 
need to take some kind of action. I, I don't know what it would be, whether it's a fine or something, to make it clear that we're not starting a precedent here? Well, the, the league the league isn't going to – that's not their business. I think it, that's up to Andy Reid to determine, you know, and uh, maybe it's a conversation with the team. But I don't know. Are they going to suspend Travis Kelsey after winning the Super Bowl? I don't know. Like I said, I think there's a lot of equity built up there, and I think he has to know that that can't, that can't happen again. And so Andy Reid probably has a real good way of communicating that. It may not be a public retribution or fining or that sort of a thing, but I bet you it's handled internally if it needs to be. Uh, we're talking with uh, Mike Sando, our NFL insider from The Athletic. Uh, joins us each and every week during the uh, football season. Uh, what did you think of Kyle Shanahan's decision to take the ball in overtime? I I thought I wanted to be the second team. I, I It felt to me like to be the third team is overthinking it a bit much, but since then I've, you know, the uh, what's his name from the league? Uh, Michael Lopez does statistical analysis for the league. He put a big old thread out there on his Twitter. It basically, it's you know, if there's a, an edge, it's like two ping pong balls t- towards having the ball first. So it's a total wash. I just feel like I'd rather be the second team, knowing what the first team did, uh, especially having Mahomes and, and that whole component of okay, we're going to go to four downs. That feels like more of an advantage to me. But I think it's a little bit of a distraction towards what really mattered in the game. That's interesting. What, what, so what was the data that it's, it's slightly better to actually take the ball? Yeah, but I mean, I mean, this is just running a bunch of simulations. There's a whole bunch of other things that could overtake, overturn that, right, depending on, you know, it could be weather or it could be your, the strength of your defense. Kyle Shannon's defense had just been on the field and was maybe gassed, right? So maybe it was the right move for his team in this situation. I just – I. I feel like in an abstract, I'd rather be the second team, but mathematically there wasn't a a huge difference that they could demonstrate when they were trying to demonstrate it. It seemed like this was maybe a good rule, like a good choice, right, that it's fairly equal. Because there is an advantage to the 49ers if you do score the same amount, right? Then, you, then it's sudden death and you've got the ball. Uh, I, 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 that makes me take a step back and kind of think about it a little bit. My, my gut yeah. tells me that it's just like, hey, two even teams have played all the way here, so mm-hmm. it is pretty much a coin mm-hmm. flip. Like, who gets the break in overtime? Maybe dessert, maybe decides it more than which way you go. But I will tell you, I got nothing for Kyle Shanahan's. We were thinking about getting the possession first once we go by the first round. I'm not buying that for a second. Not when no one on yeah. his team seemed to have any idea what the rules were. I think that was damage yeah. control in a press conference. And I also will always defer. I, I, I like just strategically speaking. I, like I really am intrigued by those numbers. I had not seen that tweet, and I really would love to see more about that. It does, it does soften me a little bit, make me go, "Hmm, you better look at that before you come firing out here." Uh, yeah. But but yeah. my my gut is like you don't go for it. Like Andy Reid, you know, has said if Andy Reid has the ball and he has fourth and one on his own side of the fifty, history says he's probably punting there where he went for it in, in this case because he knew he had to go for it. He had to get points, and that's the advantage you get. You eliminate the wonderment, and you know exactly what you've got to do. So I, I would always yeah. defer. Right. I, I don't, I, 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 those uh, numbers I puzzle me, but I still think you have to defer. So if anyone's just curious, you can, you can go on, to, on Twitter or X at Stats by Lopez. Just how it sounds, Stats by okay. Lopez. He's got a nice little thread on there that kind of goes through it, and, you know, the – 
that's compelling to me. Like they they studied this for the league and presented it to the teams, and so uh, it was interesting. Their best estimates were I've got the numbers down here in the postseason a 51 to 49 edge to receive under the new rules. But I mean, come on, that's just a total wash. No, it's not a big advantage. Okay, uh, that's interesting. I think it was a mistake by Kyle Shanahan. I think Kyle Shanahan did a hell yeah. of a job calling the game. Uh, did a great job uh, with Brock Purdy. Uh, thank God, though, for any of the mistakes that Shanahan made, they corrected him quickly by firing the defensive coordinator. Oh. What the hell is yeah. that? That's tough. I mean, I don't know you know, we saw some weird stuff. Like, okay, at the Minnesota game during the year when they zero blitz, I think, and they gave up a touchdown before the half, and there was like a, hey, we can't do that sort of a thing. And then there was a time during this game where they apparently called timeout so that Kyle, because they were in another zero blitz look, and Kyle Shanahan didn't want to do that, right? So they called a timeout during the game. Those things, to me, um, are interesting. We don't usually get to find out about those types of disagreements, but you your job as a as a assistant coach to the head coach is to try to win the game in the vision of the head coach. That's everybody's job, right? So uh, if if you go on the Chiefs um, and they have a strategist who's doing their fourth down, like that guy has to kind of tailor it to Andy Reid. He's not just going to like storm out of there when they don't go for it when he wants to, right? So that component of it is the, the thing I think we need to have answered is, is there some kind of a disconnect between the head coach and the coordinator that goes beyond just the stats or, you know, hey, they, I think they allowed 19 points in regulation to the Chiefs. <laughs> you got to like that. I can count on way more mistakes on the offensive side of the ball probably. The defense did well for the 49ers, and they lost one of their best players, Trey Greenlaw, Greenlaw, which affected their ability to cover Kelsey and the whole thing. So on the surface, real bad look, looks dumb. I think it makes Steve Wilkes a scapegoat. But those other things of, like, you know, are there issues that go beyond this, that's probably the real question. It, it's kind of like Eric Bieniemy not getting a job. His resume says he's ready. He should be hired. But he keeps not getting hired. So you're like, what is there that is maybe not public knowledge? And we have different things we speculated on. I don't mean to bring up Eric Bieniemy and go down that road. But it does kind of make you wonder with Wilkes. I mean, he just keeps you know, being scapegoated all the time. Like, it's like he's a professional scapegoater, you know? I mean, and and when he had Carolina, he he did well as the interim head coach there. And I don't know, it, it's just, it is, it does make me say, all right, is he a big pain in the ass to work with and no, we don't, don't see so. it or what? I don't think so. I don't. I don't think so. I mean, I think. They, I think. Look, the other two places were Arizona and Carolina with Peppers. So who you side on in that? That maybe yep. screwed up, right? I, probably, I mean, those teams had their major issues. Now, I was talking to a veteran coach today, just about this Wilkes thing today. As I recall, Mike Shanahan went through some defensive coordinators in Denver too, and so maybe the apple doesn't fall too far from the tree to be moving on from guys. So I, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know, but. Clearly, something wasn't right. I think it was just a matter of, uh, you know, I think it was just a minor thing that you'd work it out. It must be a, there must be a philosophical uh, difference here because it doesn't feel like Kyle has to make a staff change right now, right? He's not like imperiled to lose his job or something. He's doing this because he wants to do it. Yeah. For sure, uh, we're talking to Mike Sando here in the program. What uh, what did Brock Purdy do for his status in the game? Did he help it? Did he hurt it? Stay the same? What was your reaction to his performance? 
I think he probably heard it by not helping it. I don't think he was the big reason that they lost the game, but I don't think he did anything special. I don't think he was as consistent as normal. And really there were two, you know, somewhat open receivers for touchdowns that would have been tough throws. They, they had guys in his face, and the protection wasn't there. And I'm not saying he should hit those 10 out of 10 times, but if he hits one of those two, they probably win the game, and it's a big help for him, right? This game was a big help. I just didn't really see him doing anything above and beyond anything remarkable. I don't think he did anything remarkable in the whole game, so that doesn't help him. Uh, He did help himself in my eyes. I mean, he took the lead three times in the second half going up against Patrick Mahomes in a top defense. Like, okay. I mean, I, I, you know, they didn't lose because of him. You know, like no, Pat, Patrick Mahomes scored three whole more points than he did. Now, he's got better weapons, but the, the case isn't which one's better. We know Mahomes is better. But, like, if you're going to beat Patrick Mahomes, yeah. you, you know, like you said, a great defense and lots of weapons around a cost-effective quarterback. Uh, how many teams do the 49ers lose to in that game if they're playing them? Is there anybody else that they lose to in that game? Right. Not many, and so it, maybe this is our point of reference on Purdy. I already think Purdy's pretty good, so I, I just don't think that that's, that's, his performance okay. was better than his normal performance, right? So I already thought he's probably already – what, what tier are you putting him in if you're doing quarterback tiers right now? you think he's going into two? Um, do I think Bottom that's what your people will say or what I put him into? Or, or Yeah, what would you do? Well, I, listen, I Not think you got a better chance to win a Super Bowl with him than you do Lamar Jackson. Um, okay. And I think Lamar Jackson will be in, like, first of all, I think there's Mahomes in Tier 1, and then we talk about Tier 2 is probably, for me, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow. And no, he's not there. You put Allen and Burrow in Tier 2? Yeah. There's only one guy Josh in Tier Allen's 1. In tier 2 to you. Patrick okay. Mahomes is the only guy in Tier 1. Okay. Well, the way it came out was more of those guys were in Tier 1, and then Tier 2 is sort of your Lamar and Dak Prescott. And yeah, no, he's better than those guys. He's better than Dak. I'll he's take got Dak. Dak. Yeah. 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 So, so he's going to be in be in that range, and I feel like that's where he already was. So I'm, I'm not saying I'm not downing him. I'm just saying, you know what? He was already thought of pretty well, and I don't think this moved the needle in a way that really helped him. The uh, hiring cycle came and went, and Steve Spagnuolo got extended with the Kansas City Chiefs. Matt Nagy, um, you know, has been there now for a couple of years. Uh, you know, they're making it kind of easy for the Chiefs to keep running it back, right? Their whole coaching staff seems to be in place, seems to like working their jobs for Andy. I mean, um, they're, they're going to come back with the exact same coaching staff? Like, like, is the league missing something here? Probably. Yeah, probably. I saw Kevin Demoff of the Rams tweeted out, hey, Spags really had no chance when he was with us with the Rams, and he really does deserve another shot. But... You know, look at the average age of these coaches being hired right now. There's just not a lot of guys that are on the even north side of 50 or 55, let alone 60, they are getting these jobs. So um, that probably works in the favor of, of the Chiefs. For, and plus, a lot of teams want to go offense or if they go defense, it seems like this year they were promoting from within most of the time. So, Or they hired the 36-year-old, right, McDonald, Mike McDonald from Baltimore, uh, over somebody like Spags. So... Yeah, it should be good for the Chiefs. I don't necessarily see. If you work under Andy Reid right now, you're not getting as much credit, right? 
Nagy already had that try, and, and even though he had a good record, went to the playoffs, it's perceived as not having been good because Trubisky didn't do well. So he's not going to be suddenly emerging as an SBA candidate, is he? Well, I mean, I think I would hope his stock is rising since Mitchell Trubisky yeah. has not peed a literal drop. Since he was and Matt Nagy took him to the playoffs twice, I, I might he, I give that record. some credit. Yeah, I think he had a winning record when he was there. Yeah, I mean, but like, perception is you know these owners and perceptions. I mean, shoot, right now if you've had any experience at all, you're not as <laughs> not as attractive. It seems like look who they hired. Yeah, <laughs> they just hired Gerard Mayo, Dave Canales, Antonio Pierce. And Mike McDonald, who's an absolute grizzled veteran with two years of NFL calling experience on defense, those are the guys getting the jobs. Yeah. No, it's a great point. It's, it's like it's like they're going after draft. It's like the drafted quarterback is more appealing than Baker Mayfield or Geno Smith because you think his ceiling is infinite. Then you yeah. get him on your team and you go seven and ten, and you wonder what happened. Right. It's 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 the old what was that goofy game show? Uh, I'll take what's behind door number two. I don't know. Portal door number two. Twenty-five grand. Oh no! I don't. Know. Who knows? I'll take door number two. Let's make a deal. Yeah, let's yeah. make a deal. Yeah. Well, yeah. You think about it. You know, think about how much better Steve Spagnuolo probably is now in just being everything that he's done compared to you know when he was with the Rams. Oh, for Crazy. sure. For and sure. Matt Nagy probably too. You know, he's probably way better for the experience. Uh, let's get to our final four. It's brought to you by the University of Kansas Health System. Uh, if you suffer an orthopedic injury in everyday life or playing sports, the University of Kansas Health System offers orthopedic walk-in care at 435 and all 8 to 7 on weekdays, 8 to 2 on Saturdays. Learn more at kansashealthsystem.com slash orthopedics. Uh, I will start you with this. Uh, tell me, will you watch the UFL? Um, not assignment watching. I'm not going to like know that it's coming up and watch it. If it was on, I would watch it. I'm bummed we don't have a team in Seattle. I used to go to some games here. So yeah. Probably not as much. Probably not as much. I'm not against it. I just don't know that I'm going to seek it out. I don't know how we combined two leagues and ended up with less teams. Like that, that That's annoying yeah. to me. Um, yeah, it, it sucks. Uh, how long is Travis Kelsey elite? Let's go two more years. What do you think? I like that. I think he still is elite. I think, you know, we'll watch how much he gets banged up, right? That that happens more uh, when, uh, when when you're old. But, uh, yeah, I think he's proven this playoff run that he can still be elite uh, as a, a tight end. Um, and I don't think he does it on pure speed. I think he does it on shake oh, and no. bake, knowledge of the scheme and the defense. And I think he'll continue to do that for a couple more years. Um, who leaves KC first, Andy Reid, Matt Nagy, or Steve Spagnuolo for any reason, retirement, Better job, fired. Uh, who leaves first? Oh, I mean, I, you, you told me this one in advance. I don't have a great answer for that. I mean, maybe Nagy as an offensive coach getting another opportunity. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, what's your feel on Andy Reid? Like, why do people keep speculating that he's going to retire? Do you think that's a possibility? Because there, are, I mean, it is eventually. But because people aren't like you usually, Mike, that are in your business, and there are less teams to write about. There are less story. You got to actually go think and come up with a story once we get to the postseason, uh, or more so. And the the farther we go, the fewer the teams. The more you got to think to come up with things to write about. And so, lazy okay. journalism. Let's take a yeah. shot at the old guy retiring and. It's it's patently wrong. I mean, I believe he will yeah, I don't quit it. when he physically can't do it. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, why would you walk away? He's great at it, and he's got a team that can keep winning at all. You just don't do that. To me, unless there's some compelling reason, your health or something, right? So Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't have a great answer for you, but I, I don't 
I think they're pretty well set up. I actually think Andy Reid's the right answer, and I think he's going to coach four or five more years and then retire yeah. whenever he physically can't do it. Because I think Spagnuolo settled in for probably a really good paycheck and likes what he's doing and, like you said, probably not going to get another opportunity. And I think Matt Nagy's the next head coach of the Chiefs. I mean, his college teammate is the okay. general manager. I think that's a – I like that. Yeah, I like that. That makes good logic. Okay. Um, all right, and finally, uh, what's next year's Super Bowl? Clearly much, much, much to be done between now and then. Uh, just tell yeah. me, what do, what do you feel? Who beats who as you look at it right now? Okay. I got Chiefs beating the Rams. You like that? This young, up-and-coming yeah. Rams team with with uh, Stafford having another year or two left of good ball in them. They've got a little bit of a run game. Uh, they're going to add more in the draft. They've had some real nice hits in that. So I kind of liked them a little this year, maybe even to beat Detroit. So I'll go with them, and, and then the Chiefs you know, just seem to be <laughs> not picking against them until there's a reason to. Uh, Mike, I'll be honest with you. You said Chiefs beat, and then at that point I didn't care what, what, what yeah. you said. So, you know, that's good enough for me. Hey, Mike, it's been awesome. We love talking to you. Uh, our, our listeners love uh, your great insights. We encourage everybody to go to The Athletic. Uh, give them the podcast, too, the GM Inside. Or inside uh, what is it? I yeah, have it's like Mike. a football GM I got the Football GM podcast with me and Randy Mueller. It's on the Athletic Football Show feed every, I think it posts every Saturday morning. Okay. Literally. It's on mine. It gets downloaded automatically on my feed, so that's how I how I know it. I, I listen to it. Mike does a great job. Uh, the Pick 6 column is fantastic, and you do such great work for us. We really appreciate it, Mike. Thanks so much, and we look forward to talking to you. We'll probably find a reason to bother you maybe a couple times during the off season, but uh, definitely looking forward to uh, talking every week next season. Absolutely love it. Love being on the show, and uh, talk to you soon. You're the best. Mike Sando, uh, NFL insider. Read his great work at The Athletic. The Football GM Podcast is a must-listen if you love yourself some football as well. We'll take a break. We come back. We'll give you the things you need to know. Impress your friends. Amaze your coworkers. Make your family proud. Here's what you need to know. I'm going to tell you what you need to know. I'm going to tell you what you need to know. Reflectively, went, went four fingers. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We already did that. We'll get back to that uh, level here in a minute. Sure. Uh, our uh, need to know uh, brought to you uh, by our friends at Family Leisure. K10 and Ridgeview is where you can find the ultimate location where family and fun come together. One of my favorite stores on planet Earth. Uh, if it uh, involves uh, having fun with your family, whether it's trampolines, gorilla basketball goals, pools, hot tub spas, uh, you know, the warm weather will be here soon. Uh, get to Family Leisure right now. They're at K10 and Ridgeview online at FamilyLeisure.com. Patio furniture, uh, poker tables, pool tables, shuffleboard. Uh, they got it all. It's such a great store. Dennis and his crew have been serving Kansas City for more than a quarter century. Mention 810, save even more. It's at Family Leisure. Go see them. Today, uh, I cannot recommend them highly enough uh, right there at K10 and Ridgeview. Uh, let's start with the very latest uh, from the uh, shooting. Curtis, you've got all the uh, latest details. Today, KC Missouri Police Chief Stacy Graves said that 22 people were injured in yesterday's shooting 23. range. But uh, I saw... It's 23. It was 23? This morning, yeah. Okay. The, the AP said 22. Okay. But ranging between 8 and 47 years old, police said they detained three people from the shooting but released one person they determined wasn't involved, leaving two juveniles in custody. Fox 4 reports that the county prosecutor's office told them the two juveniles will be charged if and when they are certified to stand trial as adults by family court. 
Uh, Children's Mercy also uh, let us know that they have released all but three of their patients. Uh, the three that are still at Children's Mercy uh, are expected to make a full recovery. So there yes. was at least some good news uh, on that front. Todd Lebo joined us also and said they're probably not going to be the way people want. People want names. They want information. And with uh, juveniles involved in this, uh, may not go that way. Also, today's information is that it was a, a dispute shooting over a dispute and not just right. indiscreet fire towards people. Uh, so uh, we uh, we know a little bit more. We may never know everything that we uh, want to know uh, when it's all said and done. Um, let's uh, We'll continue to update you with any new information we get here on Sports Radio 810 WHP. Uh, Sterling Holmes coming up after us. He will do the same if we get any new information. Uh, on Good Morning America this morning, uh, maybe some people heard about Trey Smith comforting a little, uh, a, a little. I think it was a little boy. Yes. It was a little boy. Uh, Trey Smith told the story about, uh, uh, you know, being there for uh, a child uh, right after the shooting. This little boy uh, was with his father. Oh, he's just a little hysterical. He's just panicked. You know, he's scared. He doesn't know what's going on. You know, I had the WWE belt call me the entire parade. And, you know, I was thinking, man, what can I do to help him out? I just handed him the belt. Hey, buddy, you're the champion. No one's going to hurt you. Nowhere. No one's going to hurt you, man. Um, we got your back. We just started talking about wrestling. You know, who's your favorite wrestler? What was your favorite wrestling match? And just little things like that just to take his mind off of it. He was looking out the window, and he was seeing people, you know, just reacting away. They were trying to get out of that situation. So I'm like, here you go, buddy. This is yours. You know, man, like, so again, no one's going to hurt you when you're here with us. Thank you for protecting, buddy. You're going to be A-okay. You're going to be all right. That is pretty cool. Awesome. Wow. <sighs> That doesn't that doesn't move you. I hadn't heard that one. I knew the story. Yeah. But I hadn't heard him tell it. We kinda That'll put a quiver in your chin, won't it? Yeah. He's one of those guys, he's Will Shields esque one in some ways as a player. I don't want to put that Will Shields one of the greatest guards that ever played this game, so I'm not putting that kind of pressure on the young man, but he is as physical and violent. Uh, when you need to be in the game, as there is, as an offensive lineman, but clearly has that ability to flip that switch and be as yep. kind and gentle in the real world. And some guys can't flip that switch. And Will was just an amazing person and, and just a tremendous player. And, you know, nice to see Trey Smith yeah. carrying that tradition and, and forward. If, if I was a child in that situation and a professional NFL offensive lineman was there wow. to comfort me, say, you're going to be good, you're the champion, that probably make me feel a lot better. We marvel sort of at, at all of these guys' ability to stay focused and do their job down three with a minute 50 left in the Super Bowl. This is a level of pressure that no human should ever have to face. And you never know. Everybody likes to think, I'd be calm and be able to, to – but you don't know till you're tested, and you hope you're never tested. He was tested, and he showed – Yeah what he's capable of absolutely uh great stuff there uh from uh trey smith and you know on a horrible day you see the good side of a lot of people we've talked about the first responders you know and, and all the great work that they did uh, and trey smith seeing the need with a little kid and and filling it kind of a, a funny person to bring up here but there's a story mr rogers told and he said when he was a kid, uh, there was a whenever something terrible happened, his mom always told him, look for the helpers. And in a horrible situation, yes. there's always going to be helpers and, and look for the helpers. And, and then you there that's where you see the good in humanity is the helpers in a, in a horrible situation. And one of those helpers is a, a guard for the Kansas City Chiefs.
That's well said. Well said. All right, Legeria Sneed was on FanDuel TV's Up and Adams with uh, host uh, Kay Adams. She asked Legeria Sneed what uh, he had to say to Chief GM Brett Beach. Man, pay me. Pay me. Pay me. <laughs> That's what I got to say. Pay me. <laughs> I think he wants Brett Beach to pay him. That's what I was able to kind of suss out of that. Do you take anything away from that? I mean, it's like, just like, what yeah. is, I mean, it's, really? We're, we're on to that this fast? Maybe, yeah. And it wouldn't like. Chris Jones didn't yeah. wait long after 2019 True. to Colin Coward's show and start doing the same thing. Now, I don't know if he said, hey, ask me that so I can say it. But she asked him the question. It was a well, response to a direct It's an obvious question. question. But, but, yeah. So that he may not have said that if she hadn't brought it up. All right. The coin toss in overtime. Uh, here is a combination of Patrick Mahomes, Fred Warner, uh, referee Bill Vinovich, Travis Kelsey, and Kyle Juszczyk. Uh, others all mic'd up and uh, the reaction to the decision in the coin toss in OT. You're good with the toss? Yeah. Which way you want to kick it? They call it. They call it, right? Yeah, they call the coin flip. It's their coin flip, right? Which way do you want to kick it? We want the ball, Fred. San Francisco, you are still the visitors. What is your call? Tails again. He called tails again. It is tails. You want the ball? Which way do you want to kick it? We're going to kick that way. San Francisco received first and overtime. Good luck, gentlemen. They want it. They want the ball. They wanted it. Hey, they wanted it. They wanted it, baby. We want them to have the ball. They want it, they can have it. Hey, even if we score a touchdown, they still get the ball. I didn't know that. We won the toss, we're going to kick off, too. We got what we wanted. I forgot to add Dave's, Dave Tobe's name on that list. Hey, if we won the toss, we're going to kick off, too. We got what we wanted. Yeah. The I Chiefs mean. could not believe they were going to get the ball second when they lost the coin toss. Um. <laughs> When, when, when you do something and the other opponent goes, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, interesting stuff. Uh, if, you, if you missed it from uh, Mike Sando uh, quoting some stats, it says it's kind of a 50-50 pretty much, maybe 51-49 for taking the ball. I, no. You still defer. I'm adamant. I get it. Maybe, the, maybe that's how the results have worked out, but I want to know what I'm shooting for. And. Yeah, it worked out quite well uh, for your Kansas City Chiefs. All right, how much notice do you have to give on your final day? Apparently in sports it's a lot. We'll talk about that next in The Kicker. We're almost done for the day, but there's just a few more things we'd like to share. But there's still more. Here's The Kicker. Here's The Kicker of this whole thing. On the program. But first, the Joe's Kansas City Barbecue Burnt end of the hour answer. How many quarterbacks have thrown for more yards than Patrick Mahomes did in the Super Bowl, 333, without a 100-yard receiver, which he did not have? Oh, geez, because Kurt Warner did that more than that three times. Uh, Tom Brady did it more than that, but without a 100-yard receiver, none, I guess. Uh, one, and you named it right off the bat, Kurt Warner, Kurt Warner. in uh, against the 
Patriots in Super Bowl 36. Uh, most passing yard or receiving yards the Ram had in that game was 90, Oz Hakeem. Get you some Joe's Kansas City barbecue tonight, joeskc.com, to order it for yourself or send it anywhere in the country, joeskc.com. The best barbecue in town is at Joe's Kansas City barbecue. Uh, leave you with this for the kicker and a story our Jeff Passon uh, wrote. How much notice do you have to give if you're going to retire? Is it two weeks? Is it standard two weeks, or is it a month? Like, how much retirement notice do you give? I'm giving none. Really? If I'm retiring, I'm just going to okay. go I by. actually won't be back tomorrow, guys. I'm done. <laughs> well, Rob Manford, uh, the commissioner of Major League Baseball, uh, felt uh, that today he needed to announce that he'll be stepping down from his job upon the expiration of his contract in January mm. of 29. <laughs> That's not a real year. What? <laughs> Five years from now, this is a, a release was put out. All right, he's sixty-five. Is he even going to be alive? I mean, people are living longer. I'm not trying to yeah, be morbid, but this right. Just... But I'm just saying, really, this is a release that needed. Listen, I know you've all been wondering. I'd like to put to rest any speculation on how long I'm going to be the commissioner of baseball. I will be stepping down in January of 29. Well, I can cross that off.